You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's play it, everybody, on a Monday, August 13th, and a Tuesday, August 14th. It is another edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We talk Detroit Lions with you, Matt Derry, with you on this Monday into Tuesday. Great to be back for another edition of the podcast. Of course, yesterday, and if you missed it this morning, uh, if you were listening, the Lions recap of week one is in the books. If you want to listen to what I had to say about the game, I'll go back and listen to a yesterday's podcast. Coming up on the program here today, Lions are back at work at Allen Park. Very interesting. They had a defensive tackle move up. The depth chart today, at least for part of practice. We'll tell you who that is coming up in a little bit. Also, ProFootballFocus.com's media coordinator in Detroit, the guy that watches all the film and helps out with the grading system for PFF, Brett Whitefield, will join me. Brett's got some great insights. We love talking to him about the Lions and where they're going and where he thinks they are headed. He was the one that uh, said it very, very early on. He thought Frank Ragnow would be that 20th pick for the Lions, and he was dead on and correct. You want to follow me on Twitter and uh, give me any of your thoughts on what we have to say here on the podcast? We'd love to hear from you at Derry Speaks, D E R Y Speaks on Twitter, or the Matt Derry Facebook, <coughs> excuse me, the Facebook fan page, where your comments are always welcome with the discussion as well. All right, where are we with the Lions after a couple of weeks of training camp and now with the Giants coming in for practices this week on Tuesday, Wednesday? And Thursday. Well, number one, we know this. The Lions defensive line needs some help. The running game is improved. I don't think there's any question about it. I think you see it at practice. I think you see it, saw it Friday night in the games. Uh, the, the Lions, and I see an interesting um, article today by Michael Rothstein at ESPN.com, the Lions uh, insider, or, or the Lions, excuse me, staff writer, where he the headline today is why the Lions might actually have hope at running back. And I don't think there's any question about it. We This is the best we've felt here in Detroit about this running game in a very, very long time. They've upgraded the interior of the offensive line. They've upgraded with Blunt. They've upgraded with Johnson. Abdullah seems to have lit a, they've lit a fire under Amir Abdullah, whether he's on the trade block or not. We'll see how he handles himself uh, on Friday. But, yes, the run game is definitely better, but I think the biggest concern is going to be at defensive tackle. Now, today, Deshaun Hand, who, of course, was the Lions' uh, fourth-round pick, taken 14th in the fourth round, who played mostly defensive end at Alabama, played inside as well, and of course used uh, committed verbally to Michigan many, many years ago before settling on Bama. Not a real surprise there. Deshaun Hand was running with the first team today at Lions practice. They ran a very light walkthrough, but Hand was getting some first team reps. Here was a guy that on Friday night performed and I think that this D-tackle situation, I think you got one guy right now, one guy, and that is Ricky Jean Francois that I think you know you can count on. I'm an A'shaun Robinson fan, and I like him. I mentioned him as a possible Pro Bowl candidate a couple of weeks ago, uh, but he is not performing and did not perform the other night and graded very low. We'll ask uh, a Brett about that in a second. So <clears throat> I think Matt Patricia has taken this opportunity to push guys up the depth chart that are going to perform. But Sylvester Williams was disappointing Friday. Robinson was disappointing Friday. Uh, Ledbetter was disappointing. But the one guy that seemed to perform, at least a D-tackle, was, was Hand, the rookie from Bama. So they're going to move him inside more and give him more opportunities. I'm all for it because the Raiders were pushing the Lions around on the interior, getting five, six, seven yards a chunk, um, and that, that, that was not going to work. 
Now, big news today is that if you're thinking, well, the Lions are having trouble stopping the Raiders' no-name running backs, and Marshawn Lynch had a big run but then gave way mostly to the second and third string guys, what about Saquon Barkley coming up um, on Friday night and this week in practice? Well, today it appears that Barkley has injured his left left leg. There was a wrap on it. A little bit of a strained hamstring, according to Pat Shermer, the Giants' first-year head coach. And they're going to take it easy with Barkley the rest of the week. So there's a chance that the Lions will not see Saquon at all on the field coming up in practice sessions Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in Allen Park and also on Friday night at Ford Field. And for the fans that wanted to see Saquon Barkley, that is that sucks. And I feel bad for him because... He's the second overall pick in the draft, so explosive at Penn State. I mean, we saw him numerous times when the Nittany Lions were playing Michigan and Michigan State and, of course, Ohio State. Um, So that's a little bit disappointing. So if I'm the Giants, from a health perspective and from a safety perspective, what would be the point of rushing him back after a, a little bit of a tweak of a hamstring and leg today at Giants practice? All right, before we talk to Brett Whitefield from PFF, want to remind you, if you want to come on board with us when it comes to advertising here on Locked On Lions, please send me an email at dairyspeaks, D-E-R-Y-speaks at gmail.com. Would love uh, your business. Would love for you to come on board with us here on Locked On Lions. Um, it's pretty simple. We have fun here. Uh, our demographic is targeted men 25 to 54. Uh, the live reads are fun. It's whatever you need and want. Send me an email. We'll get your rate card at dairyspeaks at gmail.com. All right, let's bring him in from ProFootballFocus.com right now, the great Brett Whitefield, of course, who uh, runs the Detroit, what would you say, Brett, you run the Detroit chapter? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we have a, we have a media, media correspondence program uh, for every NFL market, and I run the Detroit market as you know, a very small sliver of my many responsibilities. You know, it, it's funny because I can never get that right, yet you and I were hanging out last week. Uh, down in Allen Park. Uh, the Whitefield effect, uh, I'm not tattooed, but I do watch games differently now. I'm like I'm like a PFF snob. I love rewinding the tape and watching the Lions D tackles from Friday night just get absolutely ransacked. That was uh, that was not good. <laughs> well good. I'm glad I have a you know a positive influence on somebody that makes one of you. You do. <laughs> so so wait so tell me about all right so as far as grades go and, and on yesterday's show i i kind of went through uh, some of the numbers obviously carry on johnson hakeem vallis jonathan freeney guys like that did well um let's start with the d line and what you saw and how those guys graded out because it was not good yeah you start with the interior they were they were pretty bad they got beat up um you know the the raiders kind of crammed the ball down their throat we were losing contain often on the edge. I think, you know, if you look at Anthony Zettel's play, he's really been a guy that's impressed me all through camp. And he had a really solid performance as a run defender. After that, though, I mean, it was like there was nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, it was very alarming, especially with those starters, you know, and Robinson and, and Sylvester Williams. That was, that was hard to swallow. How'd PFF grade out Sean and, and, like you mentioned, Sylvester Williams? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Aishon, what's crazy is I think everyone views him as, like, the the number one tackle on the team. Dude still played 30 snaps uh, the other night. So that's kind of – that's that tells you all you need to know about where Patricia, you know, thinks these guys are at, that you, your number one D tackle is playing 30 snaps in the first week of the preseason. But he graded with a, a 58.6. Um, he, yeah, 
I, I, I rewound the tape back, and he was kind of just losing at the point of attack pretty often. Same with Sylvester Williams, not much better. He only played 12 snaps, and I think he earned like a 64.5, and really wasn't much better. Anthony Zettel, a 76.4. And Chris Spielman pointed this out the other night on the broadcast. We're talking to Brett Whitefield from PFF. I, you know, he, he had to come back almost and make tackles five, six yards down the field. Zettel did to kind of make up for what was behind him over his, especially when he was lining up on the one side over his left shoulder. He was having to come back and make plays that the guys in the middle needed to be making. Yeah, absolutely. Zettel's got that never-ending motor, you know, so he is going to be a guy that chases plays down. Um, his play, though, he, I thought he did a really good job setting the edge. That was something we saw him struggle with towards the end of last year, specifically against the Vikings. And uh, Friday night, he had a couple really nice run stops, which is you know a tackle for that equals an offensive failure. So I thought I really liked what I saw from him, and also Deshaun Hand. Um, he did a good job setting the edge, but both those guys were having to chase some plays down. Take me through your thoughts on Hand. Um, I know you liked him a little bit on draft day, uh, day two. Then the Lions take him. Now all of a sudden today, even though it was a kind of a light walkthrough because I got the Giants coming in the next couple of days for some real hardcore practices, uh, he was running with the first team today, huh? Yeah, he was getting some some love on the inside. Uh, like I said, Patricia seems to not be settled with what he's seeing there. And he was shaking it up today, and you saw Deshaun Hand getting some run with the the first team on the inside, which is different than where he has been playing all at camp, where it's been mostly kind of that big end in their base defense uh, with the second team. It's mostly where he played the other night as well. So um, seeing him getting run with the first team inside, I think, is is a big deal. Um, it's it's not just indicative on how the other guys have played, but it's indicative on how well he's played and. Kind of surprised me. I didn't really think he would be a contributor, or at least a big one in year one. Um, I did like him, but I, I wasn't super high on what they gave up to get him. But he he looks like he's he's doing a really good job. I know Friday night I thought he held up against double teams really really well. Um, you know, at the point of attack, he was he was really holding his ground, and, and that allowed you see these. If you look at our player grades from the other night, we have like Jonathan Freeney, Christian Jones, Freddie Bishop. A lot of these second and third team linebackers graded really well. A big reason for that is because, uh, you know, guys like Deshaun Hand and Zettel were, were taking on double teams and, and freeing up the linebackers to go make plays. Brett Whitefield, PFF, joins me now. Freddie Bishop, you mentioned the fourth highest graded defensive player from Friday night in the loss to the Raiders at a 74.6. I'm not saying this kid's a lock to make the team. Maybe he's on the practice squad. Who knows? But it's kind of an open competition at all these end and tackle spots on that D-line right now, isn't it? definitely is especially if they decide to keep fewer interior guys because they're not very good you could see a couple extra linebackers make the team um bishop is a guy that's intriguing you know i'd like to see him get more meaningful playing time you know against better competition and see how he does uh, actually all of those guys you kind of want to see them all get in the mix there you know um but the, you know, the linebacker competition is real you know after those first few guys it's you know, we're not really sure how it's going to shake out. And Patricia uses them all in you know, so many different ways, whether it's uh, some of those bigger guys that kind of playing inside and on the edge, some of the smaller guys like Reeves Maben and Killebrew. He's got them you know, as like coverage specialists. So it seems like he's got a bunch of different roles he's going to need to fill, and, and who knows what, you know, what collection of guys he'll, he'll fill those roles with. Sounds like we may not see Saquon Barkley, after all, injured his hamstring in Giants practice today. If you're in New York, the last thing you do is rush back a kid like that. But that would have been a, a great test this week 
for both the practices and the game Friday night for the Lion defense. Definitely. I think, yeah, you know, we were talking pre-show here. I was, like, pretty pretty upset because I was really hoping we could see Saquon. I think that his the creative element to his game would be a really good test against the Lions because he, he is so unstructured. And you will see him balance plays. And I'd love to see how those ends kept contained and if, you know, if that was going to be a real problem through the season, especially after Zettel had a pretty nice day on Friday. I think Barkley would be a good a good barometer to kind of see where he's at and, and keeping that edge set. Brett, what did you think of the Lions' offense on Friday night? Obviously, no Matthew Stafford, no Theo Riddick. Once Golden Tate got kind of uh, hit low at his knees, um, he came out of the game. But what did you think overall? Yeah, it seems like they came in just like with a really vanilla game plan, you know? These quarterbacks, these backup quarterbacks, they're not uh, – you know, I don't want to be too harsh, but it seems like the Lions routinely have a uh, one of the worst backup quarterback situations league-wide. And I think that probably is still true, even with the addition of Castle. So they really weren't doing much. You know, I thought they ran the ball pretty well. Loved what I saw from Ragnow, some of the other offensive linemen. Carrion had a wonderful you know debut. He, he actually made the PFF team of the week this week. It was the only line to do so. Um, but other than that, I, it was super vanilla. They weren't, you know... It wasn't any deep concepts throwing the ball. It was really, you know, quick stuff. Offensive line gave up a lot of pressure in that second and third team. It's kind of really hard to get a groove, but, I, you know, from if you're just looking for, for a few bright spots, I think they ran the ball better than I expected them to. Yeah, Johnson scored an 80.7 for you guys at PFF, the highest offensive player for the Lions. Had a 57-yard run, obviously, uh, called back, but... He looks like uh, the real deal. I know it's the first preseason game, Brett, and I love the fact that you guys do these grades even for preseason, but there's something about him where that could be a nice little combo with Blunt, and let's not forget Amir Abdullah looked all right. Yeah, Abdullah looked really good, and it kind of seemed like, I don't know what you thought when you were watching the game, but it definitely seemed to me like they were showcasing Abdullah. I don't know if it was to try to find a trade partner or if they were just putting more on his shoulders to see, you know, if he's the guy that can make this team. I don't know what it was, but it seemed like there was definitely they went out of their way to feature him and and you know kind of see where he's at. Oh, I agree. And uh, you know, look with the Redskins situation, the Niners have some injuries. Um, why not? I was just surprised that he ran uh, with the first team as long as he did before they put Johnson in the second half. Yeah, for sure. I'm wondering if this week we'll see Johnson get a little more time with the first team or any time with the first team for that matter. What about Brandon Powell, third highest grade uh, offensively behind Carrion Johnson and Hakeem Vallis, who you and I were watching on Monday making some plays uh, in practice? What about guys like Vallis and Powell? Uh, what, what do you what do you see as possibilities there? Yeah, I think Powell is is very much into that fifth wide receiver, you know, discussion. If they keep five, I think he's in the thick of that competition. You know, he's a guy who he can kind of duplicate what Tate does in the slot not nearly at the same level but you you can definitely do a lot of the same thing similar build obviously but their strengths are are very similar you know that quick or short area quickness they're very good after the catch stuff like that I think Powell is a big contributor in that way if he can you know play well on special teams that will be kind of a big big deal you don't really keep a fifth receiver unless they're they're good on special teams so um or uh, sorry Valas you know we've been He's kind of been my man crush of camp so far. I've, <laughs> I've, I've jokingly said that they're going to keep four tight ends and and he's going to be the fourth guy. And I don't know with with this tight end room. I think 
that's actually looking like a very real possibility. And he, he just looks like such a threat in the passing game. And he's not much of a blocker, and I don't think you'll ever really expect the guy to do that. But um, he, he just looks like a total threat to me. What are you looking at for the next couple of days with the Giants in here, in, in here, Brett? When you're when you're down in Allen Park, what what do you think the what what do, you, what do you want to see from this team that maybe you didn't see earlier? Yeah, I want to see. Well, I love the the tempo Patricia sets in practice is awesome. I want to see those guys and how because now we're on you know our home turf. Last week we were in Oakland and we kind of had to adjust to their kind of the way they do things, I, I think it will be more Patricia's tempo this week, and I would love to see how they respond to that with another team kind of looking looking at them. I want to see that physicality, and honestly, I just want to see this defensive line come alive. You know, I, It's kind of hard when you're playing against yourself to get a good read on how they're performing, but I, I really want to see more out of them this week. Final thing, uh, Vikings with some injuries on the O-line. Nick Eason out for the year. Their right tackle, Rashad Hill today, got carted off, came back. But, you know, Elf Line's on Pup. I guess that's the one thing where you really look at these two teams, and obviously Minnesota's the class of the division, but Lions fans and even the Lions have said themselves, it's time to raise the bar and go beat that team. But where Minnesota really turned the corner last year was up front on that offensive line. And right now, um, you know, it's a match unit. Yeah, definitely. You know, they've kind of struggled the last few years up there. And in last year, they definitely took a little bit of a step forward. Um, but it, I don't know, man. The injuries are already starting to mount. They also had a guy retire, correct? Didn't they? Yeah, Joe Berger or whatever. Yep. Yep. So I think they're. It's not even just a starter issue at this point. I think they're going to be lacking depth, and um, that could be the, the weakness that the Lions need to to exploit to kind of get over the hump on them. I'm still not a Cousins fan. There's a part of me that thinks. Keenum made all the throws, and I know that he overachieved last year. But to me, you know, I just I go back to 2016, Week 17, when Cousins, all the Giants had to do, or all the Redskins had to do, I think beat the Giants at home, a team playing for nothing, and Cousins just kept throwing the ball to the other team. I I don't know. That's just that's just me. I I I liked him in college. He seems like a great kid. He's a great family man. Um, but there's just something about what Keenum did last year that I don't know if Cousins can duplicate. What do you think? Yeah, I think – I don't know if you, you follow Steve Palazzo on Twitter, but he had a great tweet the other day talking about how we're, we're entering an era where almost every NFL team has what seems like a solution at quarterback. And the quarterback play league-wide is just – it's a lot better than it used to be. And I think Cousins is just a perfect example of just a guy that's – he's good enough to always have a job, um, but I don't think we really know yet if he is the guy, you know, and – Minnesota certainly paying him like he is, and we'll see. I think this Minnesota team is definitely more talented all the way around the roster than anything Cousins ever had in, in Washington, especially, you know, Thielen and Diggs are just a massive upgrade compared to what uh, to what Cousins had in Washington, in my opinion. So well, I think, I think we're going to find out this year what Cousins is really made of, that's for sure. No doubt about it. All right, Brett, uh, love the conversation, my friend. Uh, enjoy the next couple days. Thanks, you too, Matt. Brett Whitefield from Pro Football Focus. A great discussion with Brett. It was great to talk to him about the Lions and certainly what he has to see and say about this football team. And again, PFF. And let's be honest here. NFL teams use PFF's numbers and their rankings and the fact that they watch each and every play, each and every player on each and every play, and how they grade and do the grading system. And as we told you yesterday, Carryon Johnson was the highest graded Lion 
in week uh, one of the preseason against the Raiders, getting an 80.7. The second highest was Akeem Ballas, and the third highest was Jonathan Freeney, the free agent linebacker that the Lions signed from New England at 78.4. And I think Brett brought up a very good point. Is that Christian Jones and Jonathan Freeney, who played a lot with the second and third units on Friday night, graded out pretty high, and they were getting some help. They made some plays close to the line of scrimmage. They made some tackles, not down the field, uh, like some of the other players had to in the first quarter, like Anthony Zettel, when the defensive tackles for the Lions were getting uh, pushed around, that is for sure. All right, that wraps things up for another edition of Locked On Lions on this Monday, August 13th, and a Tuesday, August 14th. Giants will be in for practices Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I don't know what they're going to do on Thursday, uh, a light walkthrough, because the teams are playing on Friday night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow and recap what went down on Tuesday between Detroit and New York.